All right, folks. We had terrible earnings from Microsoft, Google, Amazon. They get absolutely killed. Apple, okay earnings. But then Apple comes out with, you know, a warning about iPhones. And the market's up. What are you bears doing out there? We're giving you so much fodder to take this market down. Why aren't we down to 3,500? We're not even near 3,600 or 3,700. We're above 3,800. Let's talk about value. Value stocks are holding this market up. Something we've been talking about on the show for years. Finally coming to fruition. There's no better value on Wall Street than this show. Pre-market prep. Let's get going, Mitch. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Morning, folks. Green on the screen, up nine to quarter handles at 38.2450. We're just getting in an area of limited resistance here up to 3,900. You guys can see it on the upper right chart. Uh, the buck took a hit, a little bit of a rebound, up 32 cents, 110.32. Uh, TLT, hmm, nah, just nothing, up 28 cents. You have crude in the red by 70 cents, but still holding 90 at 91.12. Uh, gold trying to get over 1700 but failed the last couple sessions lower down 590 at 1674.60 silver back under 21 down seven cents at 20,840 bitcoin rug pulling bitcoin we're going over 21 nope we're under 20 down 1135 at 19,710 and Ethereum futures. chart me chart me Joel chart, chart me. me I did chart it. me Ethereum futures. No, everyone just wants to see me. Ethereum me, futures too, but... are, are in the red by $127.50 at $47.15. Let's just go to the spoo chart again here because I want you to tell me where there's resistance in this market between here and 3900 Uh-oh. Cuckoo, cuckoo. You got to invite us on, Joel. You didn't even invite us on today. Come on, my no, friend. No, I'm not invited either. We're I not invited in the on, i talking to myself. It's what I do. Well, the the answer is there is no resistance. Well, when I ask you a question, you answer. You look at the we chart. Can't when we're in do the you need background. a formal invitation? I wasn't even allowed. It says, you're, it says in the background. That was that Mitch. That was Mitch. And Mitch did it out. He can't. Mitch, Mitch, Mitch. I'm gone one day. One freaking day and this show just goes to pot. I just can't take any time off. Man, I got to write everything out. Joe, Joe, Joe goes more than one day, though. I have, coach, a, I, I have a new, I have a new favorite state uh, to add to my list. You want to know well, what state that is? Yeah. Well, first of all, you know my favorite state, right? Morton's. What? Michigan. Michigan. Okay. Oh, state. I, so. I thought you said steak. Oh, like, no, like no. I'm eating steak. I Filet thought you were me about a good steak you ate Filet when you on vacation. Wow. I was all excited and drooling here. T-bone. Okay. State. S-T-A-T-E. Number one, Michigan. Yeah. Two, three, and four are kind of 
kind of muddled together. But but okay. take a guess. Florida. Ohio. Ohio <laughs> <laughs> number two. Okay. Closet Buckeye fan over here. Okay, keep going. <laughs> keep going. Down uh, south. It's the the, down the south, other two Georgia, are south. Georgia, Florida. Uh, Florida. Yep. Florida. Florida. Right. Orlando. Tallahassee. That's, that's not a state, Mitch. <laughs> He's asking for states. Oh, yeah, I thought states. we were going in, not T-bones, not right, city. Okay, and then a, the two others that are officially on the list: Charleston. Yes, I love South Carolina. South Carolina. Right. I said South Carolina. You don't okay. You don't listen. Oregon. You don't like but are you guys ready for the new state? What is? What's it? the new state? The Show Me State. The Show Me State. Where the, where the hell is the Show Me State? Look at look at that. Oh, Missouri. Yeah. Really? Missouri. Yeah. People live Missouri. in Missouri. It's gorgeous, man. <laughs> Absolutely gorgeous. Our friends People live down there? there, and that's where I went. I went to Missouri. Oh, and you're uh, a world traveler. Saw yeah. the uh, oh my lord, the Missouri River and the Mississippi. I mean, just you know, it's not easy to get there, but uh, yeah. Shout out. That's where my niece went to for journalism school. Absolutely gorgeous state. Did some hikes and some biking, and uh, so Missouri makes it on the list. So he's. He's fresh. He's raring to go here. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's talk stocks. Let's talk. Move away from the steak talk and move on to. Well, where do we want to start here, Mitch? The take two talk? Because take yeah, two, let's do the take two. Macro. The take two steak. And <laughs> let's talk about that. Let's oh, get into wow. it here. So glad uh, I had sold it. Yeah. A, a few I, weeks ago. I tried to put some warnings on at the close yesterday. I didn't know how take two would do here with the course computer demand going down. Would yeah. gaming demand PC come demand. down? Yeah. It seems like it has yeah. take two interactive Q2 adjusted EPS at a dollar 30 missing the dollar 37 cent estimate sales at 1.5 billion missing the 1.55 billion estimate. Take two sees full year 23 revenue at 5.41 billion and a high end of 5.51 billion versus the 5.89 billion estimate. So even though they're given a big range here, they're still not being able to reach that reach that estimate that they gave for full year 23. Kind of look at my chops. Obviously, I sold my take two about a month ago. Maybe it was maybe I'm trying to remember when I sold it. It was 123-ish I sold it at. I think it was in September before the the big fall. Then it went down and then went back up there. Now, obviously, taking out the lows. The one issue you've got here is discretionary, right? I mean, and to your point, Mitch, great point. We know AMD had worn. We know PC demand down. Kind of falls in the same category that gaming yeah. would be down here as well. Um, EA has been going the opposite direction, holding up. But take two, um, I don't own the EA, and I, I don't own the take two in the long-term portfolio anymore. I want to put them both back in. I want to put the take two in. We saw EA dip get bought when it reported last week. You wonder if the take two but dip doesn't get bought as well. But again, discretionary going into a recession. It's not. It, it's it's not expensive anymore though. It, it's not a full value stock. But what's it trade like? 15, 16, 17 times forward earnings there, Mitch. Maybe you can take a look for me. The P is well under twenty now though. So it gets to as it gets down 22? to a certain point, it will become a value stock. And that, and you know, at that point, it's hard to resist. I think this company, ten years from now, is going to be much higher. I just don't know about ten days from now. And it's been the play to lay off because it seems like a lot of these, you know, companies that miss 
some of them bounce back, but a lot of the other ones obviously have missed and then just continued to leak. So I think I want to see some stabilization, but it's on my shopping list. I do want to buy the stock for the long-term portfolio and get it back in there. I uh, don't know if I'm striking today. Uh, you're not going to like my comments at all. What, what's your comments? <laughs> you think, think gaming's it, a fad and it's going away? I don't think Let me guess. I, go ahead. Lower cars, talking? lower cars, lower games. Yeah, no lower cars planes. and no games. And, and Dennis, I'm so surprised <laughs> that you like a stock like this when you when you when you don't like the metaverse. Right? This is the metaverse This is the metaverse play. This is this the real is metaverse, metaverse play. play. For sure, yeah, it is. is. They got the game. I don't necessarily don't like the metaverse. I just think it's a long ways out. Yeah. But I've said before, Disney, Take Two, the gamers, I, I, I think they're going to be major metaverse players. Did I think they I'll tell you what. Games where they well. just don't kill But, it's, but, but it's, when is it? Is the metaverse 2030? I'll tell you it's what. It's going to be well metaverse, after the recession. The metaverse is on the next harvest moon. I don't know if you guys caught the harvest moon this morning, the blood moon. Yeah, blood moon. Is there a blood? You, you moon didn't catch night? it. You didn't catch it. Last the eclipse. Night? No, this I morning. sleep at night. I'm tired. It was this morning. It was at five thirty a.m. I was up watching oh, I just it, and it. Uh, looks like the maybe was the that metaverse just in your area or was that no, around here too? Everywhere, man. What you think the moon's only on my side of the planet? <laughs> <laughs> I thought the sun's just cast in the shadow, just right in your area, money match. I didn't hear anything about that blood moon in Ontario. I didn't like? know they allowed. They didn't allow the camping world. What? What are we talking? Camping, camping World. What's that stock? Camping World Holdings, CWH or something? CWH? Okay. I'm more How bullish. How do we go to camping. CWH? Because I don't know. people don't want to sit wants to go and camping. play and kill people. They want to get out and do things. They want to go camping. They want to go do things. They want to be in the metaverse. Yeti? The dick Sporting Goods. Bullish. <laughs> camping World. Bullish. Anything that I has like to do with getting out of the house and getting off the computer. Disney World. Bullish. I, Joel, I mean, this, the kids can't get away from the computers, play. though. This was a pandemic play, and the panda. Hopefully, the pan. We won't have anything like that for a while. When's the last That's time it? you played a video game, Joel? Oh my gosh! Was it Atari? Did you ever play a Nintendo game? No. <laughs> no. Was it Atari? Did you play Atari games? Um, he, he was on Pac-Man. Space you know? Invaders. Pinball. Tilt. Pinball. He likes the pinball machines. Pinball machines. He likes the pinball go. machines. It's not really. I, I don't know though. if I've ever. Um... Yeah, see, he's not a gamer. I used to be a gamer. Yeah, I can um, see Dennis rocking I like some the games. games. I I honestly think Take Two is going to be a good buy at some point in time. Yeah, but I think so too. It's I just think it... not. It's just a tough market for it because discretionary stuff is just not doing that well. And we never got the PE from you, Mitch. Did you look it oh, up? Oh, 22. 22. Uh, still pretty high. Get that thing down. Get that forward P down to 15 or 16. Yeah. And you pounce on take two. So I yeah. got to come in a little bit more. But it's getting reasonable. It's getting, you know, a little bit better here. But this market, and this is going to be a good segue. We've been talking about this show. It's selling high P stocks and it's buying low P stocks. That's what's happening. Everybody's asking, what's going on with Tesla? Why is Tesla getting hit? Why do you think Tesla is getting hit? You're obviously not listening to pre-market prep if you don't know why it's not getting hit. Tesla, which is absolutely getting slaughtered here right now in the pre-market. There may be news right now because yeah, that just fell so. four bucks. So Mitch is going to go hunt down the news. But Tesla continues to get hit for the main reason is that a high PE stock. This is not the stocks you're looking for in this market environment. Second thing is we don't know what Musk is doing with Twitter. 
He's charging everybody eight bucks. Everybody's going to get verified. Blue check marks thrown around here, there, everywhere. Bringing some execs over from Tesla over to Twitter. We don't know what's going on, but something just dropped on Tesla because this is major volume. Tesla recalls what we're hearing from Jagger. Really? Tesla recalls what we're though. hearing. That's old. Mm. I already had heard the recall. Uh, the recall was put out yesterday. We're trying to find out if there's something else here then because this looks like news because it was 197 when we started the Let's show and it just chart. fell three yep. bucks. Yep. The algos yeah. got happy on something there. I mean, what this is still, I mean, you talked about in a high, you know, a high valuation and, you know, that's it. This, they they the really haven't even for. come for this yet. Now you're under, now you're under 200. Let's go with this. Let's have a little fun here and see <laughs> what, um, no, so I'm that's reading a two minute chart. That's a two support, minute chart. Support at 50. I'm reading news and uh, I don't know if this is a bullish sign or a bear sign, but Kramer said that uh, Tesla has got the worst chart I have ever seen. Oh, yeah, no, he and that's that what's driving things. I'm still yeah. a believer. People are very concerned about the company's CEO, Elon I mean, Musk, has to sell a lot of Tesla stock to buy Twitter. Well, you know, you guys, he runs his own show. We got our show. So let's just. Oh, no, trust me. I, I like the yeah, inverse. We use them for the indicator. Yeah, we, I like the about, inverse. I, I, you guys yeah, I know. I, I, I tweeted mean. you guys last night. Can we get the inverse Kramer ETF? We're getting him, Dennis. We're getting him. We're getting him. He's pretty funny. It's a, I don't know if it's a he or a she. Maybe it's a she. She's I think he or funny, she should man. get with Tuttle, man, and they should join together no, and have a nice have. social account. The, it's it's a funny account. It's yeah. a funny account. So hey. I like Kramer. Kramer's funny. We know he's had a really tough year Just, because he's – I've already said why Kramer. He hasn't figured it out. Maybe you should listen to the show. Kramer's had a tough year because he's a Momo player. Momo players are not doing well this year. It's been a contrarian no. market. So some markets have momentum. Some markets contrarian. This has been a contrarian market, unless you're shorting stocks where you can actually play the momentum on the short side because it seems like these short stocks just keep going down. So you have momentum on the downside, but on the upside, it's been all contrarian. Selling rips has worked like crazy. Tesla falling out of bed here. I still don't see what this news is, is here right now. I'm sure we'll find it out soon. The algos always know ahead of us. Uh, but it's not the stock that this market wants right now. They don't want to see. What's the PE on Tesla? 70? 75? What is it? It used to be over 100. I'm assuming it's coming now. I have 60. 60. Okay, so it gets down to 30. That's where it starts to get attractive. That cuts the price in half. So this got to 100 bucks. I'd load it up. I don't think it's going to $100 today. I don't think it's going to $100 tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to $100 ever. But at this point in time, can it go to 180 or 170 or 160? Yeah, there's no value investors coming into Tesla. You have no support and the momentum people are out. We're talking about that gap yesterday. That gap is there on this kind of stock. There's not support. Is it oversold? Absolutely. Can it get some bounces? Yes. But is the path of least resistance lower? I believe it is. Uh, before I make a technical comments, um, where is, uh, you know, when, when does he have to pony up to the bank? I mean, I don't know who his advisors were, you know, on this deal. And I know he had to sell a lot of stock, but then he put his stock in the hands of, of Wall Street. So they basically have a covered short pressing this thing down because he's going to at some point he's going to have to sell, especially if he doesn't turn Twitter around for a long time. So I I I, I don't understand. I don't understand what he's doing. I don't know what his tweets are doing. Um Twitter was a mess before. It's a mess again. Here's, uh, here is a problem for Tesla, too. And to your point here, Joel, it's a good point you're making. 
he would shoot his mouth off on you know Twitter or something, or he'd be shooting his mouth off. Now he has a platform that he can't even get kicked off of. And we know his biggest issue, Elon Musk's issue, has been his mouth. It's not his mm-hmm. brain. His brain is enormous. He is an excellent businessman. His biggest issue has been he says things and obviously pisses off regulators. He says things that he probably shouldn't say. You know, the whole, oh, we're taking the stock private of 420. There's been so many examples. Now he owns a platform where he can just continue to say whatever the hell he wants. That's not good news for Tesla. Nothing about him owning Twitter is good for Tesla. Because, one, he's maybe stretching himself thin. Two, he apparently is bringing some execs from Tesla to Twitter. So Tesla is going to get less of his attention. Secondly, yeah. it's got a nosebleed PE. Third is he could be shooting off his mouth and say things that you know people don't like. Fourth, if people start to not like him as much, they may not buy his cars as much. So I think there's a lot of issues with Musk owning Twitter for Tesla. And if you want to be short Elon Musk, you voice your opinion through Tesla. If I had a way to short Twitter, I would do it. There's no way to short Twitter. It's a private company now. He owns it. He's going to take a bath on this Twitter. I don't think he can turn it around. I don't think it's going to be a multi-billion dollar or whatever company. It's not, you know, it already is. But I mean, talking, he's going to take it from a $54 billion valuation, which we know it's really worth about 20 to 100 to 200 to 300. It's not happening. I don't think it's happening. So I think he's going to take a bath on the Twitter. I think it's going to you know, upset him. I think he's going to shoot his mouth off a lot more. There's a lot of reasons not to own Tesla right now. Uh, first stopping point would be your June uh, 21 low at 190.41. Um, that's about four bucks away. That that's a minor level, uh, but where the big boys are hanging out would probably be 180. I see a low uh, right at 179.83. That was back in uh, in March of uh, oh, that's the no pandemic was 20. So uh, let's call it 190.41, and then let's call it 180 uh, for some short term targets on the downside. And now you're you're underneath that psychological 200 level. You got a lot of bag holders in this. I mean, then the rallies, as you can see from when it made that all time high over 400, those rallies have gotten lower highs, lower highs, lower highs. Not not looking good. Let's uh, let's keep an eye. You need a turnaround in the nosebleed names. Yesterday was not that day. Yesterday was the exact day that we've been talking about. The rotation out of high PE to low PE, out of tech into value. You know, you're looking at two different markets, the tail of two markets right now. Tech wreck. Obviously, all the big guns have been hit, and that money has not flowed out of the market. It has totally flowed into other stocks. I mean, Caterpillar, relentless bid, lower oh, PE name. Man. Banks are holding up very well. Bank America, JP Morgan from 100 to 130 in the last, yep. you know, two, three weeks. Full on bull markets and value names here. Um, obviously the energy trade, which is very publicized in the media and everybody knows about it, but the drug trade, you know, Gilead, we talked about that Amgen breaking out to new highs here once again today, low PE stocks are in favor. This market is selling high valuation and buying low valuation and taking no prisoners. Now, what do you think about NVIDIA's recent move? Because that one at least has been making it back. It's just filled the gap pretty much. Oh, it did get up there, huh? Yeah, so I think it's an important one to keep watch, right? I mean, will some of this start turning towards some growth names? Of course, NVIDIA, I would consider more into the growth category than value, but it is getting a little bit of a bounce recently. Is this one that we can start looking for a turnaround, Dennis? What do you think? Um, higher PE, it's come down 
somewhat though the chips are actually looking okay one thing about the nasdaq with all the main mm-hmm. cast getting hit the chips have kind of tried to base here they kind of already got hammered they got hammered before everything so it's kind of logical that they're turning around ahead of things i'm long a few of these micron is stabilized i'm long micron you know that amd i recently bought amd it is stabilized um, you know I own Intel. Intel's a value name, sleepy value name. I actually don't mind Intel right now for the simple reason they're buying this kind of stock. Would not surprise me if Intel makes a run for 30. So I'm actually attracted to that too. NVIDIA's P is still over 40 though. So it's definitely not cheap, but a hell of a lot cheaper than it was last year. So it is still the premier chip out there. I'd rather own kind of AMD because I feel like the valuation is better in AMD over NVIDIA. But at least the chips have stabilized. With that being said, we've had a pretty good run here already. I'm not coming in and buying NVIDIA now. You got room up to 149.59. Mitch, I know you talked about this gap here from uh, September 12th. Uh, This is another gap here. Uh, Nice move up. I looked at the AMD, and AMD is just kind of sleepy here. I mean, it really can't trade it up by 85 cents today. That's pretty long consolidation period. Uh, once you break, um, you break above 6403. Uh, you got a gap. You got a big gap. So the bulls need to get it. Hey, we're at 6393, 67.66. Just one more thing, and it's probably not going to go real popular. But do you think that like Twitter is going to go the same way as like AOL and Yahoo? No, no, no. no. Well, how are you making this comparison? I Just hear this like one. it was the big social. You know, it was like the thing, like AOL. You know, and it got bought out for all this money. They ended up being a loser. Say so, Yahoo, same thing. It's Big a loser. Su- There's no a- doubt it's a loser. He's he knows. He has said it on the Tesla call that he overpaid for this. He wanted to get out of the deal as bad as he can. He knows he bought paid fifty billion dollars for a twenty billion I mean, dollar asset. One of the he things way that overpaid. I- One of the things that I was saying from the very beginning was, will Elon make Twitter more of a subscription style model? And that seems like what he's leaning towards. He's not trying to uh, base all the revenue off of kind of advertisement and and data. So he's trying to push more into that subscription style model so that we start paying and then maybe social media starts being viewed kind of like streaming services where you're paying a monthly service just to be on these social platforms. I think that's what his intention is. Who's paying that? You're about to see, Dennis. You're about to see. I think they're going to still pay up. A lot. Some will. Am I going to pay bucks a month? Yeah, you will, Dennis. I'll see you on there. (laughs) But but listen, I can afford to pay the eight bucks a month. Exactly. You've got a lot of people on Twitter that are struggling probably in this environment just to pay their monthly bills. So it's not going to be all of a sudden, oh, yeah, everybody's got eight bucks to spend. So yeah, I, I, I just a lot think of people that, are not going to pay. I just think that everyone that has like some type of following will be paying because you want to continue growing your brand, right? And so Elon understands that. And so he knows that there's still going to be people willing to pay because they want to grow their brand. So if you want to be a part of the product, you're going to have to pay to play. You know who's going to pay the eight bucks a month? The scammers. The fake accounts because they got good revenue coming off of that, Joel. It's a business for them. Mm. They'll pay the eight dollars a month. You're gonna see this happen again and again, where you're gonna see verifications happen, and then all of a sudden they're gonna change their names. And I know he says, Oh, when they do that, 
they're going to be banned from the platform. Well, then they'll be banned that account, and then they'll open up another one. new account. And then they'll open up another one, and then they'll do another one. This blue check marks for everyone is going to be a complete mess. It's going to be a complete mess. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much guaranteeing there's going to be fake accounts of everyone out there that's got any type of a following where, you know, since I got verified, been very few fake dentist dicks because it's hard to do the blue check mark. Now they can blue check mark themselves, change their name and the profile after they get verified to me. And then you see a blue check mark and you think it's me. And, you know, it'd be a little know. thing different on the thing. I don't I, bet I, against I honestly Elon. think, I honestly think um, that this verification for everyone is going to be an absolute disaster. Well, I think at the end of the day, social media was probably heading out the door with all the data requirements and restrictions. But hey, who knows? Maybe Elon can turn things around. I still have restrictions. You think there's restrictions? There's going to be no restrictions on this. This is the opposite. This is the free. This is what he wants. Free speech. Say whatever fake stuff you want to say. Say it. We'll have the platform for that. If you want to just make things up, we'll allow it. You know, basically, that's what he's saying. So I, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm very scared. I like the Twitter product. I use it daily. Um, you know, I think I think the way he's going with it right now, at least the way he's indicating to go with it, is a big mistake. If I could short Twitter, I would short it right now. Maybe the way to short Twitter is to buy the other ones, though. Like before, when Elon Musk was talking a month ago, I kind of thought that, oh, I kind of like this idea of what Elon Musk coming in. He's going to clean it up. And I think he's going to do the opposite now. I think I was wrong with that, you know, saying that six, seven weeks ago. I think he's making it a mess. I think it's going to be a mess. I don't care about the eight bucks. I'll pay the eight bucks. I just don't want a bunch of fake accounts paying eight bucks too. So we'll see if he gets it right. We'll see what happens. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Paul says I'm wrong. I hope I'm very wrong. I hope there's not many times you got me on the optimistic side, but I'm on the optimistic side of here. Uh, We'll see what happens with Twitter if he's able to get it right. And also, I mean, the battle is, I mean, he fired like, you know, like 70% of the staff. Can he get it right with the amount of staff he has left? That's going to be the hard part. Dennis, what what do you mean? Are you talking about pins? Are you talking about, um, you said the other ones are going to benefit? Meta, I mean. Well, I'm saying if Elon Musk, and let's say we've already seen some advertisers pulling, you know, there's already been that. If everybody starts to pull out and say, we just don't trust, you know, what he's saying or what he's doing. If that becomes obviously, you know, an issue here, then if the advertisers start pulling out, the other ones naturally benefit, do they not? Like a Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Not, not that I would invest in Snapchat or Pinterest, but I'm just saying maybe there's a short-term play there to actually be long Pinterest here or long some of the other platforms. If you think Elon Musk is going to mess up Twitter, um, those advertisers and whatever users, you know, that are turned off, you know, by whatever, you know, are going to go somewhere else. So I think the only one that could ben- stand to benefit would be TikTok. I think that Pinterest TikTok's and Snapchat already are already done. They're already done. I would yeah. be done with these stocks. I really do think they're done. It's just going to be a slow leak down to they disappear. I would not own Snapchat if you gave me a share. So And, uh, and I don't like the whole business, you know, obviously of Snapchat. I've said that before. I've been yeah. correct about it for a long time. I think a lot of people aren't using it anymore. TikTok is the one they're using. But you know what? Five years from now, Joel, it won't TikTok be TikTok. Be yeah. It'll be something else. It'll be something else. There exactly. is just, this is the problem with these social media platforms is what's cool now is not cool three or five years from now. So and, and TikTok's they losing, themselves. they're losing their butt. They're absolutely, they're losing billions of dollars a year. 
Uh, do we know that? I mean, it's well, not the even two, like uh, they're pairing bite dance. Bite dance. Yeah, I'm looking at it here from Forbes. Operating yeah. at, at TikTok, pet, uh, parent by dance top seven billion. Oh, well, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think TikTok there's not a lot of it, it's hard to make money in these social media reply. platforms. That's the uh, truth. unless it's you hard to make money at the time. If you're they free, lost 85 bill in 21. If you're sounds free, like it's kind of hard to sounds make like money. Sounds like a good company so. to me. Okay. Let's go to well, so we got we got different opinions. Obviously, we can't even place our bets, but the market is placing their bets against Elon Musk and voicing in the in the way true. Tesla shares are trading. I think the only I think thing the Tesla I think path turns, resistance is much lower. Yeah, the only thing I think that can turn Tesla, of course, is going to be the two products that we're all waiting to see how they perform, which is the Tesla Semi and the Cybertruck. I think those are the catalysts that could potentially get it back. And but, hopefully, these electric cars electric trucks sorry the electric trucks are going to have the towing capacity to do what they say they can do because i read another article on the f-150 um another one that came out and said that the towing capacity on the new f-150 obviously the lightning is just brutal that the battery just dies very quickly so i hope the semis and elon musk can figure out a way that obviously these semi trucks don't have to pull over every 150 miles to recharge because that is a game changer. Well, well, maybe if they have a, a solar edge to them, they might be able to get Good up. Segue. Let's go to Look solar edge guy. technology. Says Q3 adjusted EPS coming in here at 91 cents, missing the dollar and 44 cent estimate sales at 836.72 million, beating the 822.37 million estimate. They see Q4 sales at 855 million to 885 million versus the 856 million estimate. Not too bad there on SEDG. And I've been looking to see if this one was going to get a good report and continue the momentum that we've seen in first solar and and end phase. And so now one of the stocks that we talked about yesterday, Joel, you weren't here, so I'll kind of fill you in. We looked at Run with uh, Market Structure Edge. And Run looked interesting because it was setting up. Now it's done a little bit of a pullback move today. I'm going to look to see if Run can get running again. Get going towards that 25. Well, we'll why see if is this pushed. one been such a laggard, SEDG? I think it's part part of that first solar is getting more appreciation because more of the revenue is US-based. And yeah. so when I look at the other ones, you're getting more of that global exposure. And so the global exposure sometimes gets a little bit rocky with what's going on in China. Of course, the lockdowns and things like that. And that's why I think you don't see like JKS just mooning. Uh, Jinko Solar, because if if you know if China was reopened and doing really well, then maybe you would see this stock really ripping. But that's why it's kind of paused or, or delayed effects there um, that you see in SEDG versus like a first solar. I don't know if we need to even go that deep. You know, I don't know why. The Solar Edge P is a hell of a lot higher than first solar P. There you go, Dennis. That right back to it. like PEs matter. Get the yeah, shirt. Get the T-shirt. Get the hat. PEs matter. The first solar PE is, well, they lost earnings, so it's going to be a mess because they lost last quarter. So it'll show. But if you look, you know, backwards, uh, the PE on first solar, if you take out the losses from last quarter, obviously not looking at that. Um, the first solar PE has been a lot lower than Solar Edge. High PE names not in favor. Uh, just taking a look, uh, we snuck our head over 240. That's not a bad level here because you had a daily high at uh, 242.32, and then 
it's kind of wide open here. So this one, I'd really I concentrate on where exactly that pre-market high is. Look for follow through. Um, and then if you get above the pre-market high, you take out 242.32, then, you know, there's just not much in there. I mean, if you really want a juicy target, your October 4th high was 250.45. That's only $13 away. So uh, keep that on, on your radar. The next day it settled at, or the, that day it settled at 246.17. And then six days later, it was a $200 stock. So a lot of people missed their opportunity up at that area last time. Let's see if it gives them another shot overnight. All right, let's do maybe one more, sneak one in here. Let's go towards uh, Mosaic, as Mosaic reported Mosaic. earnings after hours yesterday. Adjusted EPS came in here at $3.22, missing the $3.42 estimate. Sales at $5.35 billion, missing the $5.76 billion estimate. Mosaic says in Potash, it maintains expectations that the annual production from Belarus will be down 8 million tons uh, in 2022 and would be little recovery expected in the next year. So they're just kind of pointing out that the supply issues are not being resolved there in Potash. Of course, that's like the main uh, kind of needed for, uh, you know, fertilizer. And so I think that at this point, you got to continue to see if Mosaic can get some lift today. It did pull back, of course. So I'm going to look to see if it can get a push and focus on these companies because they've been kind of sideways sleepy. Let's see if this can start getting it moving. Uh, for me, this two-day high of 50-56 uh, hasn't hit that yet. It's come close to it. Uh, above that, I mean, there you go. You got a big old gap to fill in it. I guess it's not that big. Uh, up to 51.86, coming back on the downside. Um, if you really want to own this, you could probably get it scratch it uh, on a session at uh, forty nine ninety two. Triple D, any comments on potash? Well, they got hit. I mean, looking at Mosaic mm -hmm. here, you can look at N Nutrien last week. I mean, Nutrien missed, and NTR is an absolute mess. It's it's amazing how these things go from bliss to piss so quickly, which um, you know, which has happened here. I mean, NTR. If you look back in August, one hundred and two dollars, new highs, everything's going well. And completely, they pull the rug out from under it. And, you know, in the last quarter, it gets hammered. Now you're down here at 73, and you're like, what just happened? The momentum doesn't last forever here, not in bear markets. And we're still in overall bear markets. So you're still going to be taking profits while you got those profits. Or the market eventually takes them for you. It seems like if you hold on long enough, no matter what stock, eventually you lose. So, I mean, this is, you know, obviously, you know, for this year anyways, 2022. I know if you've held stocks for the last 25 years, you've done pretty well, but I, I don't know here. I mean, you, you got hit, Mosaic got knocked on the NTR earnings. So these earnings aren't that bad, but does this look like a bullish chart to you, uh, MOS? Are we going back to Mosaic? <laughs> no, no. Not no. really. So uh, I think there's lots of easier places here. I'm just laying off. All right, so let's have a fun guest here. Dennis, I don't know if we, we prepped you on this, but uh, we're going to bring in a, a long-time li listener to the show, I would say, going back to the pandemic. Oh, good. Um, his name is Mike France. Okay. And uh, besides trading the market, Triple D, you like some of his strategies. Um, we'll talk about it in a second. But this guy trades the elections. He Ooh. trades the actual elections on predict.org. Let's bring in Mike France to the show. Hi, Mike. Hey, guys. How you doing? 
Uh, we're doing great. Man. What, I'm trying to compete with uh, Dennis's trading here. How am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a haircut though now, so now you look like I used to look. <laughs> the indicator's going well. The indicator's going well. That's right. Mike, who's winning? Who, who are you betting on? Who are you betting on to win? Tonight? Well, I'm, I'm market neutral. Oh, uh, so there you go. <laughs> so I, I do a lot of learning. He's learning. But but if you know if you're giving me a coin flip, the Republicans are looking better than the Democrats right now. Republicans in the Senate are looking at like thirty to thirty-five percent chance of taking the Senate. Yeah. They're going to take the House almost for sure. It's like ninety percent chance. Yeah. Uh, so that that's who I would bet on if you gave me an even bet. But I'm I always trade market neutral. What do you think this means? So let's just assume that the Republicans do get control. What does this mean for for stocks? Are they going to applaud this? that you know or, or what what are your thoughts here on this mike now i i would say that's not my cup of tea right that's uh, yeah. not my game so much that's more that's your department now one thing i will say though is for anybody watching who's you know planning on like looking at this kind of thing is um you know if you just have even if you never trade a political market if you just keep the political markets up on your screen tonight you know when those results start coming in you know if you just look up like the senate you know, market on predicted.org and you have that up, that's going to start showing when, you know, it's going one direction or the other. So, you know, right now I'm guessing the markets are building in a Republican win, but if that flips, you're going to see it on predicted before anywhere. These are markets, they're sensitive to news. Uh, and I feel like you'd be doing a disservice if you were trading tonight in the after hours and you didn't have that up on your screen. What time do you think we'll start to, what time do you think you start to really get, you know, the feel for is like eight o'clock or are we going to know before yeah. then? Midterms are funny because it's like, you know, all these states, the polls close at different times. Yeah. You know? um, so when that, um, you know, the, when the important ones that end up tipping it, start going, it, it it's, it's too hard to say. I feel like you won't know until you're quite in the moment, but sometime this evening, you know, the, the, the early. Mike, I got to disagree with you. I got to disagree with you. I think you got a long road to home. I think you're going to be up for ne the next couple of days. I don't think that think they're so? going to have these clear results tonight. I think it's an absolute mess. I think that they're really it's yeah, I do. I don't and, think and you're, you're totally right, actually. And that's what happened in the general election last time. It's like some states you're going to know, you know, within a, you know, a little bit of time of the poll closing. But there's probably going to be a few states that hold out. And if those states are going to determine, you know, which way it's going to go, you, you might be right. It might be a few days. And I kind of hope for that. I kind of like the trading to keep going a few days after. You it's know, going to. It's going to. And uh, right. down in, in Georgia, right. if one of them doesn't get a 50% vote, um, there has to be uh, there has to be a runoff. But talk about, so you said you're, you're kind of neutral. So tell us how you try and, you know, how you try and play that, right? How, how yeah. do you become, you know, if you're buying something, you're shorting something else, tell us how you do that. Well, not yeah, exactly. So, uh, we don't want you to give away your secret. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, so it's I'm I'm basically market making, and this is so on this exchange, you are not allowed to use bots to scrape for information. So I feel like this is really one of the last markets, maybe on planet Earth, where all the market making is done by hand. So wow. it's almost like market making in slow motion. You know, Ooh. like things that in the stock market probably play out in less than a second play out in minutes or hours, you know, in terms of 
putting in orders on top of other orders and then, you know, watching the book and, you know, pulling your order out if you don't want it to fill as it gets close to filling. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not really looking at charts. I'm not really looking even, I don't even say, I wouldn't say I'm looking at order flow. I'm looking at the book. Like that's pretty much where I'm getting all my information is just wow, looking nice. at the order book and putting, you know, in buy and sell orders appropriately. Um, but I'm really just trying to buy something and flip it as quick as I can. Um, on every market, you can basically, every market basically has two markets. So like if you're betting on like, who's going to win the Senate in Pennsylvania, you can bet yes or no on the Democrat and yes or no on the Republican. So a lot of times I'm trying to kind of go, you know, I, I'll try to keep it neutral kind of like that. Like I'll bet no on both or I'll try to lean no on both. Um, of course, I think any market maker has this problem where, you know, you get hit, you know, you get filled heavily in one direction or the other. So last night somebody came in late in the evening and just bought Republican across the board. So, you know, last night I ended up holding way too much Democrat and you just kind of have to try to work your way out of those, you know, That's positions awesome. when you're leaning too hard one way or the other. Joel, we should get into this. This is like old school market making here. This is right up. This is oldie stuff for you, Joel. Bring back your old. Know, I feel right? like it is. I feel like it's like the the last you know civilization or you know the last island that civilization hasn't like you know discovered yet. Where it's still just like all the old way. You now know? everybody knows about it because he came and just told everybody on the show. I know. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that uh, this is the this might be the last election where this is allowed. Uh, because yeah, the CFTC is pulling the um, there there was a no action letter since I think like 2014 that the CFTC gave to this exchange predict it and they're pulling the no action letter they haven't really given too much of an explanation why but this uh, might be the last election that is quite like this I don't know if other things will pop up but if they do I wouldn't be surprised if they allow bots too right so you know, this might be the last one. So I'm actually a little more uh, open to sharing my secrets today than I was two years ago when I came on, because this might be it, man. This, this might be my last dance. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about, um, you're into the markets too, right? You're a former yep. economics teacher yep. and, uh, yep. and you kind of got, um, hooked on the markets and investing and trading, listening to pre-market prep. And uh, during that during the pandemic, and then you transitioned out of being an economics teacher, and uh, you've translated this kind of uh, neutral trading to the markets. Um, tell I, I don't want to do anything that you're currently doing, but but tell you what the tell us about like the first thing that caught your eye, and how you know how you traded it, and just your your initial fascination where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my, the prediction markets were my first exposure to markets. So in 2011, I started trading the Romney Obama election. Um, you know, every few years I would keep on doing these political markets, um, you know, did some fantasy sports stuff for a few years, you know, when I felt like I could get edge there. But, um, you know, I always thought the stock market was like, you know, it, it was too automated or it was too efficient. Uh, and then I finally started looking more into it, you know, probably about 2017, um, I was teaching economics at the time, started listening to you guys every morning and just started dabbling and reading and researching and went full time about two years ago. So I'm a full time trader now. You know, the political thing is just kind of my like, you know, little World Cup thing that comes up every two years. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I tend to like finding very weird little niches where very few other people are looking and That's trying good. to master that niche. So I'll give you an example of one that was kind of my first really big success within the equities market, which was, um, so the ticker GBTC, you know, it's a Bitcoin trust, right? 
Um, it just holds Bitcoin. In a lot of ways, it's a very simple product, but in a lot of ways, it's a very weird product because it never perfectly tracks Bitcoin, right? So for years, it had this premium to Bitcoin. And I was always really intrigued by this. I started, I, I found out about this, you know, probably probably really quickly after GBTC came out. I want to say it was in like 2016 or maybe even earlier. And I'd always just look at this weird premium. Like, why is this, why is it at 22% and now it's at 25% over NAV? Um, but I could never really figure out a way to get an edge off of it. But I just looked at it for years. Um, so when Bitcoin started to launch, like really go just ham in, you know, uh, I mean, around the time of the last election, right? Like late 2020, um, I was, you know, set up, I knew how to trade equities. And I feel like I had a better sense of how uh, an overnight change in the price of Bitcoin would affect that um, that uh, premium. So I did a lot of trading like at the open and the close, but more even at the open, where depending on what had happened on Bitcoin overnight, I had a pretty good guess of, as to what was going to happen to that nav. And sometimes that nav would expand by like, 5% in 10 minutes, independent of what Bitcoin was doing. So Bitcoin goes up overnight, the market's open, that net asset value goes from like 27% over to like 32% over in like 10 minutes. And I, I got good at like riding that wave and had probably six months where that strategy worked very, very well. Uh, that's all I did within the equity markets. I'd look at other stuff, I'd listen to your guys show, but like my trade was that for six months. And then it dried up and went away and I found something else. So that's kind of what I do is I try to find these weird little pockets where like algorithms haven't really picked it up yet. Yeah. A lot of people probably haven't really mastered it yet. If anything, there's algorithms doing the exact wrong thing. Right. And I can kind of take advantage of that. And then, you know, other people figured out the algorithms get programmed in and I'm, you know, I, I can't really hit it anymore. And you said you think that uh, this might be the last year, huh? Because they pulled the uh, the no action letter. Yeah, for, for predicted, I think it will be. I think there's a lawsuit going on right now. So who knows what's going to happen there? You know, I, I don't know the details of like what's actually going on behind the scenes with this. But I, I have a feeling this might be the last one on predicted.org. Other stuff may pop up, but I think it's going to be a different ball game. you know, because of that one factor of like, allowing you know bots versus not allowing bots so i i think this might be the last one yeah do you feel that it will move to the sports betting books um well i don't know i don't know because there's just legal issues with that too you know um yeah. i think the prediction mark like a like a prediction market is a binary option right so you're mm -hmm. you're buying and selling something that's going to expire at either zero or 100 and I could go into more detail about how that works too, if you like, but I think it's a great thing to do sports betting with, but it's just, you know, sports betting in any form or fashion isn't legal in most states. Um, so I, I don't know if I, I see that happening anytime soon either, but I, I love binary options. I feel like, I, I, you know, binary options are as different from stocks or options as stocks and options are from each other, if that makes any sense. They're really a weird, different product. The math is all different. And I feel like it's the product that I've, I've looked at a lot. So I'd, I'd love to trade more binary options if, if you know, they, they come around with something like sports or something like that. But yeah. Okay. And uh, just overall, just, uh, you know, overall, what you're, you know, whether it's related to the, uh, you know, the election or, um, or not just in the in the market you made that statement that you know if you are trading after hours and you know to keep an eye on uh, predicted.org if there's a flip is there been a wicked rotation in the markets as of late is it something that you, you've identified or are you more just kind of trying to stick with like your pure arbitrage strategies 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just stick with market making and arbitrage. But I mean, the, the trend that has been happening for like the last few weeks is that everything's been leaning more Republican the last few weeks. The Republicans have really made gains in the last month or so. And, you know, in the last few elections, whatever the polls and the prediction markets have said, the Republicans have tended to fare a little bit better. Now, is there something to that? Is there something off in the polls? Maybe. Is it a little bit random? Maybe, right? Like if a market says something, you know, if, if it says that the 49ers are going to win by three and a half points, it's probably a coin flip whether or not they win by more or less, right? So going into tonight, like are the Republicans going to outperform what the markets say right now or underperform? Hmm. I don't know. And if they underperform, I mean, I tell you where an opportunity may come is if the Democrats flip the house, if they keep the Senate, right? That is not expected right now. I, I'm pretty confident the stock markets are probably betting on a probable Republican win because there's no secret. The Republicans are probably going to take the Senate. But is it that far-fetched that they don't? No, it's about a one in three chance that the Democrats keep the Senate. And if that happens tonight or in the next few days, I don't know what the impacts are going to be on the stock market, but I, I got to think it's going to do something major. Um, Look at this, 74-31. Boy, when I went to school, that was over 100. There's some money there. Short of both. <laughs> There you go. I'm sure the well, you're discovering sure another one of my I'm strategies. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 don't be. That's that's no. I'm not the only one onto that strategy. But yeah, if you just buy no on both markets, like if you onto any of these markets and you buy like the Democrats are going to lose the Senate and the Republicans are going to lose the Senate, the math usually ends <laughs> now. Now there's a fee, right? So a lot of times, ah, the juice, right? The but, juice. But um, you can still, you know, sometimes it goes almost to the point where you could just get both, especially if you're making liquidity in, into it, not taking liquidity, where you can, you know, maybe guarantee a little profit there or come close to it as you're market making. So that's that's definitely something I look at is, uh, you know, what happens if you buy both yeses or both noes? And yeah, usually both noes both. is a better bet we're because I think a lot of people here. Just say, buckle oh, five. I like this guy. I'm going to bet yes. So everybody bets yes. And there's this weird uh, yes bias. So if you just bet, if, here's my simplest, stupidest <laughs> advice. If you're going to be unpredicted, bet no on the guy you want to lose, not yes on the guy you want to <laughs> that, That'll give you about a 2% edge right there. Oh, there man. This is all, all right. good. I you love got anything this guy. else? Uh, you boys have anything else for Mike? If not, I'll. How do I'll we write follow for... you on Twitter? What's your handle? I'm on nothing, man. No. I'm, on, I'm not on Twitter. Not even. Only uh, here. You guys are the only people I talk to every two years. You know? <laughs> usually, it's just, usually, I'm just in a bathroom and I let you guys do most, most of the talking every morning, but I'm, I'm on no social media or nothing. We're so bringing, that's we're funny. Bringing you on every, every I just trade. Sure. It's just me and the numbers and you guys in the background. It's funny because I sent him an email. He responded you know, immediately. And then, you know, I, I, I just wanted to set up a phone call and he like, he picks up the phone and it was like the happiest person ever to talk to me. He was like, <laughs> it was a, it was a great conversation. Uh, you know, I love these markets. You've heard about my background in, in binary markets. So Mike France, he is a former economics teacher, uh, now trading the uh, predicted markets as well as the regular stock market. And uh, Dennis may be calling you soon because he loves those market neutral strategies. So um, I want to make that anytime. five cents. I love it. All right. Thanks a lot, Mike. We'll talk Thanks, to you soon. Guys. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Mike. Thank yep. you. 
Definitely uh, the predicted market. So we'll see what happens today. You see the market I know. maker in Joel, though. He's like, I'm sure both those, man. <laughs> yeah. 74 31, Bucko 5 pays out a buck, short them both. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, baby. I don't then even need to go to stock in. low. Then the juice came in. I'm sure it's right there. This is um, why I tell people free commissions. We don't got the juice worries, man. Yeah, no, we're creeping higher, Dennis. You're still you paying it? the juice. Don't kid yourself. Citadel taking that spread on you, boy and girl. That is true. That is definitely it's true. It's in there. The juice is just hidden. All right. If you aren't uh, paying for the we're product, creeping higher, are Dennis. The product. We love your orders. That's what they say. Dennis, are you yeah. leaning on your buy button or something here? Because uh, we got a sustained you know, rally. Dip buying here and value names. The value names are just hot and the tech stocks are just not. Where's Tesla now? Oh, look, Tesla's bounced a little bit here, Joel. We're on. We're on. We're yeah. only down two bucks here now. But well, I'll tell you what, Lyft isn't getting the lift they thought. Oh, they did. let's talk about that. Lyft earnings Q3 EPS coming in here at ten cents, beating the seven oh, cent estimate. Yeah, ten cents. I you know, uh, sales at one point zero five billion, missing the one point zero six billion estimate. Lyft sees Q four sales at one point one four billion to one point one six versus the one point one seven, so lowering their Q four sales. <laughs> uh, they do see full year adjusted EBITDA to two hundred eighty million to three hundred million with a seven percent margin. So just a little bit above, just a little bit, Dennis. They're making a tiny amount. There's the problem again. It's just can they grow in? You know, can they eventually start making money? They're starting to make money here now. Do they grow into the multiple? There's going to be some of these stocks that were growth story companies that actually have fallen enough that they are going to be sneaky value stocks eventually. Is Lyft or Uber one of them? Potentially. Uh, but again, I'd rather own Uber than Lyft. So I want to kind of own best of breed always. So if I was buying an Uber or a Lyft, it would be Uber. Uh, but if you do your homework here, there's going to be some opportunities where these growth stocks will become value names. And in that case, there actually could be some, you know, turnaround here eventually of some of these names. So I, I don't know if I'm necessarily shorting lift here, but no, it's, it's good it's making money. But again, if I was buying these, it'd be Uber. Yeah, I mean, you, you're loving the 1150 area. That's just been, you know, rock, rock solid support. I mean, so it looks like someone's even nibbling here. Pre-market low, 1121. So even if you're taking a shot on this to the short side, I don't know. It was thick down here before, um, and that's where it found support. So look for that again. A lot of volume is traded. Uh, so 11 bucks. Actually, the all-time low for this is 1083. So that really take a whooping uh, to, uh, to to get it down to that level. Five minutes here, Mitch. Five minutes. Oh, five minutes. All right, let's keep going. Let's get to the next stock here. Let's go to uh, TripAdvisor. Did we ever talk Bitcoin? Uh, I think we we, 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 we could touch it with Riot if you want. I still got Riot. We can go to Riot, Riot. Blockchain. Is that still a stock? Yeah, Riot Blockchain. Look at that. Uh, I don't, I haven't looked I don't know Riot what they're mining forever. for. But uh, wow. looks like it isn't going well bucks. because uh, Q3 EPS for Riot coming in today at 24 cent loss, missing the two cent loss estimate. Uh, so that just goes to show you probably how well the mining is going right now. Sales yeah. at 400 and, uh, sales at 46.3 million, missing the 57.04 million estimate. So miss and a miss there on Riot and uh, Bitcoin looks like it's already getting hit hard. 
Uh, we could take a look at that. I'm Bring up the Bitcoin here, Joel. I'm not exactly Let's sure. Let's look at the chart on this move. We'll look but... at the chart, and it's like supported eighteen thousand. I mean, that's all. Yeah, that's about. your level. That's the yeah, line yeah. in the sand. That's what it's got to hold. You got to get that out. Of the... I can't see what's happening. Yep, here. there it is. It's it's uh it's, oh, it's like just the been 18... hanging out here for yeah. too long. They don't give you a chance to buy the lows for this long. That's from Guy Adami. We love you, Guy. He's absolutely correct. When something hangs out the lows for too long, it usually makes newer lows and shakes you out. So I think eventually the 18,000 does get breached. I think eventually, um, I think like what Bitcoin really is, and I was saying this on the pre-market show, pre-pre, like just when we were talking with each other, it's not really even a NASDAQ, like it tracks NASDAQ stocks, but it actually tracks ARK, ARKK. And the one thing we've seen recently is that ARKK is not participating in the rally whatsoever because she's still got all these nosebleed multiple names in there. Yes, even though her fund is off 75%, all of the companies she owns, the majority of them are still full of nosebleed names. It's been Tesla holding it up, and that's not holding it up anymore either. Not good for the ARK. Bitcoin, there's a lot of overlap in investors in Bitcoin that are in the ARK names and the storied stocks and social media stocks. Kind of just tracks together. If you throw ARKK on the chart with you know Bitcoin there, there's definitely a correlation. So I think as ARKK continues to show weakness and we continue to move to a value market, that is not good news for Bitcoin. I still, I said earlier this year, I thought Bitcoin, I said it when it was 30,000, I said it could go to 10,000. It's halfway there. I'm going to stick with that. I think Bitcoin could eventually cease 10,000. All right, we're going to change things you. up. Yeah, I'm going to change things up here a little bit because uh, I'm, I'm sticking around today because I wanted to bring my uh, a special guest on, uh, Gene Munster. Uh, is going to be joining us. Uh, Mitch nice. is going to be joining us uh, by telephone. I told him nine. Is he uh, Is he lurking in the background there? Yes, he is. I'm about to bring him on right now. Just give me two seconds and we'll get him on okay. here. Like always, guys, smash the like button. If you guys are excited to talk to Gene Munster, uh, Dennis, I know that you might need to head out during this interview. You can go ahead and head out if you need to. Um, if not, stick around. We got Gene Munster coming up. Let's get right to it. A special guest of the day. Let's get him on here. I'm just trying to get my little special guest. There it is. Okay. All right. All right, Gene, can you hear us? You got everybody loud and clear. All right. All right. I'm going to let Dennis. Dennis has got to hop in a few, and he's got some pressing questions here huh. for you. So I'm going to call on, Dennis. You're like, I always love talking to Gene. We haven't had Gene on the show in a while, and I always watch you on CNBC as well. I mean, I, I just want to start with, you know, obviously a couple of these, you know, the mega caps. There's been rotation out of the mega caps here for the last few months. Obviously, Meta's probably taken the most heat. Apple's held up kind of well until recently here. But I just want to kind of get your overall landscape talk on this move that we've been seeing overall from mega cap tech into like value names do you see this as a sustainable trend or is eventually people going to flock back into the mega cap tech because that's what's worked for the last decade i think that we're going to see this rotation out for the next three to six months and in part because if you look at the out numbers for 2024 which people are going to be talking more about in the next three to six months they show for most of big tech, they show um, a pretty sizable step up again in revenue growth. And I think that there's going to be uh, just uh, with the, the broader macro, my expectations about the broader macro for the next six months, I suspect that that theme 
uh, essentially the one-liner is that the street numbers for a lot of big tech are still too high for 2024. I think that theme is going to continue to create this rotation out. So, uh, you know, our sense, uh, we, um, if you really want to know what investors think, just look at their portfolio. And in the case of our portfolio, uh, we're now 45% cash. If you rewind six wow. months ago, we were 55% cash. We made the mistake of uh, deploying and we were at one point uh, down to 35% in cash. Now over the past uh, few weeks, uh, we've been raising cash again. And so we're still not there. We're, uh, I still believe that uh, for the broader 2023, there is going to be a rotation back to these companies. And I don't think all of them are going to perform equally as well in that kind of mid to back half of 23. So to put it all together is I still believe that investors uh, are, are human and uh, humans like things that are growing. And I think that these, even these big tech companies, despite the law of large numbers, I think just their defensibility, I think they still uh, present some of the, the best long-term growth opportunities. And so Despite all of the near-term issues with the numbers in 2024, for example, I think people are going to rotate back. What about a stock like Meta that has obviously really been hit hard? I mean, it's come down, you know, to you know what some people are saying is just a ridiculously low valuation here now. Um, everybody is now betting that you know Zuckerberg's plan to try to convert this to a metaverse play is not working. Obviously, some of the legacy businesses are getting TikToked. I've been using that as a, as a verb here for a while here now. Are you, your thoughts that Meta is, is low enough now that we can start to like dive in here? Like I'm attracted to it too because I've seen the PE come down you know, so far that I'm like, man, you know, eventually maybe there is a turnaround story here. What are your thoughts on Meta? So we own it. We uh, did not own it all year. We've bought it recently. We bought it ahead of the big pullback. Uh, at the last quarter, we did not buy more after the quarter. Um, and uh, there may be an opportunity for us to do that. The, the general thinking is that there's an underlying question about the future of how consumers interact with tech. If you uh, take the approach that the, the future, the next 5, 10, 20, even like 50 years of, of tech is going to be uh, the, the interface is going to be predominantly variations of mobile, then there's no need for the metaverse and uh, there's no need to own uh, meta the company. If you think that there is going to be some like a, a progression beyond that, then uh, it's going to be some version of the metaverse. And it's still to be determined what that is. We can talk more about what variations it could take, but it probably reasons that uh, Meta, given the investment they've been making into that, uh, will be a beneficiary. And so I think the, the topic is mostly centered in the near term around expenses. Uh, you know, of, of course, we, have, we saw what the stock did yesterday. It was up on what was old news about them cutting uh, headcount when they reported their quarter. The stock initially went up and then it went down based on them talking about spending more money on the metaverse. What that tells me is that near-term investors are, of course, hyper-focused on the metaverse and the spending around it. But the opportunity or lack thereof, if it doesn't play out, still should be the central question. And so when, when we think about the, the question about should or should you not own the metaverse, it's a, 
uh, or meta the company the question is do you think that there's something beyond mobile is it web 3.0 which is another an acronym for the metaverse and if you think there is something beyond it uh, we believe that probably meta is going to participate in that it may take uh, it could be as early as nine months before the light goes on with investors when apple comes out with their mixed reality headset next spring or at least they show it next spring i think that's likely uh, maybe that's when investors start saying Zuckerberg's onto something, and it may be a couple of three years. But I think given the valuation, given uh, that creates a risk reward profile that I, I think is favorable. So uh, ask yourself the question, is there something beyond mobile? And I think that's going to determine whether or not uh, Meta is a good stock for you. We're on the line with Gene Munster, who's managing partner of Loop Ventures, joining us here. Uh, Gene, I got a question for you. How how much time on a daily basis do you spend in the metaverse? I don't spend any time in the metaverse because I think that at this point, the metaverse is, uh, it's a concept. Okay. And I think that, um, you know, there are, um, the metaverse kind of in where it's going as a concept. If you would say, how much time do I spend in, uh, what I think is like a preliminary version of the metaverse. Uh, I think it's probably three, four hours a day on Zoom calls. I think that's kind of a, a starting point. Yep. And then uh, if you'd ask teens, of course, um, you know, do they spend time in the metaverse? They would say no. But anybody who plays uh, Roblox or I uh, can't forget, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the one, the game that kind of predates uh, um, Roblox. But any, uh, I think there's Fortnite? a game. Uh, not Fortnite. It's the one when... Uh, you build worlds in it. Um, uh, Microsoft Central bought it. Uh, Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Yeah, uh, not quite that, <laughs> that far back. But uh, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. I'm sure uh, listeners know exactly what I'm thinking here. Sims. Sims. Uh, not, not Sims. but Minecraft. Uh, uh, Minecraft. Thank you. That's okay. what I was We got to start chatting. Go. All right, let's go on to Tesla here. Um, you uh, accurately predicted that that deal would go through with Twitter. And uh, I was at, once there uh, on the other side of a uh, uh, other side of the trade there, uh, and it's gone through. I mean, there's pressure on Tesla stock now uh, with the Twitter, with Tesla. I mean, now that the deal is done, and now that the stock still trades at a very, very high valuation, we know what they would do in the stocks like that. Um, what is it, what's your outlook here? Is this just a uh, be patient, wait and see here with Tesla or if things change fundamentally at the company? I think it's getting um, near term more attractive. I've been a long term believer in this. None of that uh, long term optimism has changed. Um, just to give you some context and the latest, the near term is that Twitter's taking up a lot of Elon's time, more than what I would have imagined based on the interview he had with Robin Barron last Friday. And that's a negative and we have to just account for that. And uh, what that means is that, um, you know, there's probably doesn't mean a whole lot to Tesla's business beyond it's a negative because it's just a concern for investors. And therefore that has a negative impact on the multiple. I don't think it changes any of Tesla's business. The, if you look at, I was mentioning that earlier about big tech and the exercise about 2024 and growth rates kind of being too high showing reacceleration and they need to come back down in is that there are a couple companies, Apple and, and, in Tesla kind of stand out amongst the six or seven biggest tech companies that the, the modeling is actually pretty reasonable. And in Tesla's case, it's going from mid 50% growth this year to mid 40% mm-hmm. in 2023 to mid 30% in 2024. And so 
um, Joel, I think when you put it together, there's, I, I think that the street's generally modeling this correctly. I think that, um, I, I think that I just still believe that it's a lot harder to build an electric car than just, uh, than, than it would seem in this. And we can, I can go through like specific examples of it, but there, the idea that traditional car companies can still, I think, close that gap in the next few years, um, is uh, I think I think they're going to have a tough time of it. Okay, all right. Let's let's move on to the big dog here. Uh, Apple um, definitely, you know, had the earnings report, rallied, gave it all back. Pressure underneath the market. You know, iPhone, iPhone supplies. I know you do your your own channel tax, but the reason I've been and I and I think I've got this for you. you correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you know, Apple. They're going to get more out of the people. They got a lot of people using their their devices, right? And if they, you know, maybe they're not going to be selling as many iPhones as before. But isn't there other places that they're going to start? To, you know, from these, you know, billions of users that they have. That's that's what I'm looking at. What's what's your thesis on Apple? That's the kind of the substance of the current business. I think one of the benefits of Apple is that you get uh, the benefit of a business that is working and part of working is what you just described selling more stuff to existing customers and the more stuff thing is probably around uh actually apple watch and over the next few years it's still relatively low penetration right around 15 percent of total iphone owners have a watch that number could be 50 percent over time uh, i think that um, you know what they're doing in their subscriptions businesses um, they've obviously just raised the price that you know adds a percent to earnings in the next year it's small but you know that you have this kind of the substance of the business. One other piece is the Mac doesn't get talked a lot about. It's twelve twelve percent of revenue. It grew at twenty five percent last quarter. Uh, the overall PC industry was down forty percent. And so you know there's something going on. I think it it has rifts of people doing more work in hybrid environments and wanting kind of better, more reliable tech. And Apple plays well into that. So I think that there is other things that they can uh, sell uh, into. I do think that Apple is at risk over the next three to six months, just like the rest of big cap tech, um, just for multiple compression. So I would put, I don't think any, any of these companies are going to buck the tr that trend over the next three to six months. But the other piece is, you know, they have this stable business. If you have the luxury of looking out past six months, a stable business, and there still is optionality, uh, whether it's something in the metaverse, Apple will never use that term. They don't want to give, uh, the company met of the satisfaction of using the term metaverse. So they'll refer to it as kind of AR or, or something, but there's something around that there's something around health and, and they want to do something in automotive. It's hard to say what form that's going to take, but it's pretty rare to have optionality value. That's that big. Tesla also has big optionality value around FSD and Optimus. So they have some similar similarities in that sense. And so I think when you put it together, I still believe that, Apple should be a, a much bigger company. I think that probably goes lower in the near term, the next three to six months, but I think still poised very well for the next uh, five years is digging into these new markets and build off of a good uh, core business. All right, I'm going to jump in here, Gene. I wanted to ask you about the tensions that we're seeing right now with China and the U.S., the chip battle. I saw the NVIDIA talk about how they found maybe a workaround outside of the China export ban. Uh, do you think that this is going to be affecting more technology and we should definitely keep a watch on the battles right now with the U.S. and China? 
Definitely. It is the, uh, the, would, you know, it's the thing that keeps me up at night related to Apple is what, how this is going to play out. And uh, maybe I think that's probably the, the cornerstone uh, company around this topic. And yeah. uh, if you just kind of look at the numbers really quick, they report this in a year late. And so we just got the 2021 supplier list numbers and they don't break it down in these terms, but you can back into it approximately uh, uh, low 50% of Apple's revenue was, was uh, assembled and or produced in China in 2021. That's down from uh, low 60% in the previous year. So it went down. And of the, of the new additions to their supplier list, there's 150 new additions. There's about just under 800 total, the 150 new additions. Of the new additions, uh, about 80% of those were outside of China, which tells you Apple gets it. They want to, I mean, just look at what they're doing. They want to get, they want to reduce their exposure to China. And I think the reason is that they see exactly the same things that we see is this uh, greater tension uh, amongst uh, the, 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 the U.S. and China. And so um, uh, how, you know, what, what is the, you know, the apocalyptic event that uh, potentially could happen? Uh, that's pretty obvious. That's something that happens in Taiwan. I think the probability of that is very low, uh, but uh, you don't want to stick around and wait for that to happen. And so just to kind of play this forward, this is going to be a, uh, just an incredible topic, especially, I mean, it's timely given today. And I think what uh, specifically our midterm elections, but also the next presidential election, this is going to be, China's going to be a punching bag. And uh, it's going to take the form of uh, more of these restrictive uh, trade agreements around technology between U.S. and China. And China's retaliation is going to be making it a little bit more difficult for tech companies like Tesla and Apple to do business there. Let's so, wrap it up with uh, with Amazon real quick. We're getting a question on that one, and then we can uh, wrap it up for today. Uh, Amazon uh, trading under 90 bucks at one point last week. Give us your take on Amazon. Same camp as the rest of uh, big tech near term, uh, likely under pressure. Long term, uh, they're doing something that no one else can do. They also have that dynamic where they had that kind of acceleration in revenue growth in 2024. We do own Amazon. We continue to own it. Uh, we believe in it despite what is the probably some of the near term challenges. And I think at the end of the day, um, yes, it's an e-commerce company, but the logistics part is their biggest defensible piece to it. So we're still there. All right, we've been on the line with Gene Munster. He's a managing partner of Blue Ventures. He joins us to give us uh, his take on the earnings season, waiting to de uh, deploy some of that cash. Do you have a? Do you have like an S and P level? Do you have levels in individual stocks? Because, you know, are you waiting for that 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 October low? That's that's a long ways away, Gene. Three hundred thirty handles. Any any general idea where yeah, you're looking it's to redeploy? Pretty, yeah. The the uh, the near term deploy point would be some form of capitulation. Don't know what would trigger it, but around three thousand on the S and P. Holy mackerel! Okay, well we're going to end the show on that note. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> it's quite a ways from here. Uh, thanks a lot, Gene. Thanks Thank you, you guys. Yeah, sticking around. Uh, if I can get my computer to work, I'm going to hop over to Pre-Market Prep Plus. I tweeted out uh, the public link for you guys to join and uh, bang out some tickers. Uh, Mitch, great to be back, and I'll check in with you later on. 
Definitely have a good one, Joel, and definitely keep up with Joel Alconan on Pre-Market Prep Plus. You guys can go check it out, premarketprep.com. Join up today. Now I'll get you guys over to some live trading action. And then later today, we got some great show for you guys. Stick around at one at uh, on Stock Market Movers. I got an interesting interview that you guys might want to check out. It's going to be at 1.15. We have Randy Frederick. Of course, we're going to be talking about the overall market. But I got a senator on, uh, former senator, uh, Corey Gardner. I'll be speaking about uh, certain topics that are going to be talked about today on the election day. So don't miss it. Stock Market Movers, 1 p.m., 1.45. I'll see you there. Now to get you guys over to, of course, none other than live trading. That's going to be starting up. We have a great day here on Benzinga. It's election day. So go vote and let's find out what do we got today on live trading. Coming up next, hit the thumbs up if you guys enjoyed today's show. 